The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Oh my god! Oh my god! Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, our sassy little audio magazine devoted to pop culture, consumer electronics, and pretty much anything we feel like talking about out here in the pan sanity. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. This week we have uh, some news headlines to catch you up on uh, for the past oh, 10 days or so. I've got a few tips about what to do should you feel compelled to upgrade your hardware for whatever reason we don't judge. And Al Kaiser here has some thoughts and feelings about a, uh, a new Star Wars property he has been watching. Lots of feelings. Yes, lots, lots of feelings. So that's what we're going to do on today's show. But I know Al Kaiser has been holding in his feelings about this particular Star Wars property. I'm and feeling I don't sassy. Want, feeling sassy. Yes, and I, I don't want to cause any, you know, undue pain, you know, for not being able to express <laughs> these feelings. So maybe we should just get right down to it. Pedro, uh, what are you going to share with us today? Star Wars Resistance. I see. Were you resistant to it? Were you happy with it? Before we get into that, have you watched it? I have not watched it, no. Okay. There is a Star Wars animated show that is a classic of television. I'm going to go f- so far as to say that, and it is not Star Wars Resistance. Okay. Clone Wars. They re- they rebooted it. They did the final season seven. So I figured, you know what? Man, this was really good. I loved the entire series. Clone Wars was fantastic. I liked Rebels. I was like, you know, part of it, it, it was a slow burn. Let's put it that way. But, you know, it picked up towards the end. They brought back Ahsoka Tano. Sorry about if I spoiled it, but if you haven't watched it yet, you're never going to watch it. So, but the bottom line is I figured, okay, you know, why not give Resistance a try? This, you know, a new thing. I mean, it it actually ended last year. I mean, but But, I never But you're in the Star Wars frame of mind, so you're looking for more content. It's new to me, right? What's that old TV? Like, man, it's new to me. So- I gave it a shot. And first off, I'm not even going to dance around it. It was terrible. The entire series was just bad. The animation, or rather the artwork, not necessarily the animation, but the artwork was spectacular, you know? Okay. So visually it it had something going for it. Visually, right. But it, I don't know if you've heard of the show, The Dragon Prince. It was, it's, there's apparently this animation style now where it's sort of like, I can't even describe it. You're kind of like blocky and. It's just this weird animation style. It's kind of a Minecraft offshoot sort I know, of thing. No, 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 no. It's it, not even that. It's just it. I. It's it. Just it's this weird thing where it's almost like stop motion, and it's completely jarring and distracting. I noticed it with this, this the Netflix show Dragon Prince, and in the second season of that, they actually got away from it. But this show Resistance uses it. Maybe it's the same studio or something. Well, I noticed that there's some producers who share duties on both those shows. So maybe there's some influence there. That aside, it was just completely distracting. I did not like the actual animation work. The artwork was great. The animation was, no, let's let's just forget about it. Okay, and story, but plot, and character? Story, plot, that? and character. The story itself, it's based on the newer movies. So it's the 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 First Order are the bad guys. Okay, and so the, the Kylo Ren era here. Correct, correct. But you know what? Bottom line is, the main character, character named Kazuda, or Kaz, is just as annoying 
as Jar Jar Binks. Ooh, that now that is the bottom of the barrel there. That's a bold statement. I realize that is a bold statement, but every single second that this character was on the screen just grated on my nerves. Whiny, annoying, completely unbelievable as a hero. Just really, I don't understand why they based an entire series on this character. They tried to make it kid-friendly. Yeah, because a lot of times I notice they make their character decisions on the merch and what toy figurines we can make out of this character. But but so so no redeeming qualities here? None whatsoever. And, you know, I might be in the minority here. This is one of these deals where I didn't look up what the reaction was to this series. I just dived in. You know what I mean? So I might be in the minority here. This might be like the most well-loved show in history. Who knows? But the main character, the entire show revolves around this guy, and I hated him from the first second. Just completely unbelievable and annoying. And the worst part of it is, much like Rebels, the female characters are infinitely more interesting. If they had based the show around any one of the female characters, it would have been completely vastly superior to what they had. But they go with this slub of a main character. It, it was just a slog. I got to tell you. How many episodes did you slog. sit through on just this? Just 40, 40, 24 minute episodes. And I swear to God, I felt my life force ebbing out of me by the end. It was just really, really difficult to go through. I really don't, you know, it hurts me. Because it's a Star Wars property, and but it just if well, you want to, they're they're not immune to bad uh, creations. You know, we, we've seen a few of them ourselves. <laughs> yes, we have, and this one is definitely a bad one. Just really, folks, stay away from it. Skip it. Watch the Clone Wars again. Read the but synopsis on Wikipedia. Read the synopsis on Wikipedia because it is canon, unfortunately. So why not just do an Ahsoka Tano show? Just give me a Ahsoka Tano, the best. Star Wars character from the later period ever, and they've completely relegated her to a side story. I don't get it, but you know what? Who cares? But anyway, jumping back into my favorite DC TV universe, you guys got to watch Stargirl. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I'm not was even this your anymore. redemption for making it through all of the Star Wars resistance? It was our old friend George Gustinez from the New York Times recommended it to me strongly. He suggested I watch it. Jeff Johns, the comic book impresario i guess or you know big time writer producer extraordinaire it's his baby it's a personal story for him in a lot of ways if you okay, don't know well, what i mean just check have it out some heart to them yeah from what i understand the actual character of star girl in the comics was originally based on his sister on jeff john's sister who passed away in an airplane crash I mean, but it's got the Injustice Society. It's got the Justice Society of America. They weaved it in perfectly. They don't take themselves seriously, but it's not silly. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, light, you know? Right. It's a comic book. They understand that it's a comic book. And when you read a comic book, you know that Thor is not going to fly through the cosmos with a hammer. You understand this as you're reading it. They're not trying to make you believe this on the TV show, and that's what Stargirl does very effectively. You know what? You're not going to take an old 57 Chevy or whatever the heck the car was and make it into a giant robot in real life. And they know this. They do it, and it's a comic book universe. You're not going to go up to somebody and say, hey, I need you to be a superhero with me. You know, you want to come along? 
and somebody says, yeah, sure, why not? You know, more than likely you're going to call a cop. You're going to say this person needs to be in Bellevue. But it's comic book logic. They understand it perfectly. That's what I love about the DC Comics TV universe is that they understand that it's a comics universe and they don't try to take it seriously. So watch Stargirl. Yeah, well, I think and and the places that that know they count on you to suspend your disbelief Correct. to go yes. along with it and don't, yeah. you know, water it down or, or you know, th- those people, want, when they meet you at that level, you know, there's a certain amount of understanding that we're going to have a silly, fantastic journey and you just have to do this and you agree and you have a good time. All of us who love comic books understand that. Yeah. We understand that. We don't believe this stuff is real, folks. Well, most of us don't believe yeah. this stuff is real. Yes. Okay? It's, it's, it's fantasy reading. Correct. Anyway. I guess there's some news out there. Yeah, there's there's been some news happening. I mean, there's a lot of like the businessy stuff, like Airbnb is going to do its IPO, and Lyft and Uber are claiming that they're going to shut down in California if California makes them declare their drivers employees. Which I think there was actually a, a stay on that. But you know, a lot of the businessy stuff. Which yeah, yeah, this is how the tech world moves. You know, I don't really find it super interesting. Neither uh, do I. What I do find interesting, though, uh, when businesses fight, though, um, have you been watching the the Battle Royale uh, against Epic Games and uh, Apple and to some degree Google uh, that's uh, broken out over the past week or so? It's where they uh, they try to sidestep uh, Apple. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, Epic Games, you know, Fortnite, very very popular game there. That's um, an understatement. Yeah. Yes. But it's it's turned into this escalating skirmish uh, that started when Epic slipped a new payment option into its very, very popular Fortnite game uh, that, you know, kind of went around Apple's rules for in-app payment where, you know, thou shalt give Apple a cut of a certain percentage, you know. Just the, a taste. Just a little the, taste. Yeah. Just and, a little and taste. The Google Play Store, I think, has a, a similar thing as well. But Google was not really... Even though they're... I think they're also getting tangled up in it. Apple is really the target here. So... So Apple uh, did not like what Epic Games did with this uh, this payment thing. So they kicked Fortnite out of the App Store, which is huge. Yeah, I was reading online that iPhones that still have Fortnite installed or, or being sold on eBay now, uh, since you can't download it from the App Store. So so Apple boots Epic out of uh, the App Store there. So then Epic Games goes and files a big old antitrust lawsuit against Apple and uh, also Google, but not as loudly, claiming that the App Store's place illegal restrictions on the distribution of the apps that go onto the phones iOS apps. Clearly, that's the only way you can get an iOS app on your phone legitimately is to, to do it through Apple Store. So they're, you know, say, oh, Sherman Antitrust Act, and then so we're going to sue. So uh, the company said Apple is threatening uh, to block Epic uh, from access to its developer tools now. And so Apple is, is stepping this up. Epic asked the judge to prevent any retaliatory action against its other games that happen to be in the App Store. And all this could eventually put an end to the game company's Unreal Engine working on iOS and Mac, which a lot of people play games with the Unreal Engine. But if Apple cuts off the developer tools, if this thing keeps escalating, it could get pretty ugly. The uh, And, you know, as I said, the pricing move also violated the terms of the Google Play Store. Epic Games went out, and I think they knew what Apple was going to do because they had all the social media ready. They put up a 1980 Fortnite parody video of of Apple's famous 1984 commercial, which we'll link to on our show page if you hadn't seen it yet. And then they had all of their social accounts just ready to start firing shots at Apple over this. So Epic knew what was going to happen and was ready with it. And so they have all their social media smackdowns going. But 
As of now, when you're recording this, it is still unresolved, and I don't know where it will go. But yeah, Epic Games is busting out, and and if they happen to win or they get any kind of judgment that changes the way Apple and Google collect money within their app stores, that could change that whole paradigm there too. So. It, sh- it could. It could absolutely. So that was sort of one of the big things uh, that was going on. I got to say, Apple does not look good in this fight. Yeah, they very heavy-handed. Yep. And then and they're used to getting a certain amount of, of scratch for everything somebody sells in the app store. So uh, that adds up, makes them a $2 trillion company. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, that was their other big news this week is they were the first American or first company ever to get valued at uh, $2 trillion, which is... No, I was actually talking to a friend of mine last night. I noticed they kept emphasizing first U.S. company oh, okay, to be so. $2 trillion, So I'm wondering what the other company is. I guess I should dive in. I and, wonder if it's Alibaba or one of the uh, Probably the Alibaba. Chinese it's got to be a Chinese company, yeah. So, so Apple is... Uh, I guess the people bought a lot of iPads and stuff in lockdown. So, yeah. so yeah, they're doing good despite this little uh, slap fight with Epic Games. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Now, uh, moving on to Facebook, they've been busy cracking down on groups that promote violence and conspiracy theories across the site, including content from Antifa and homegrown militia groups. So the social network has also taken down or restricted more than 10,000 groups, pages, and Instagram accounts associated with the conspiracy group QAnon. They've been in the news a lot for various reasons. Lots of conspiracy theories there. Apparently, like, 1,950 groups, 440 pages got restrictions. There were 10,000 Instagram accounts uh, that were associated with QAnon movement that have been hobbled in one way or the other by Facebook. So, so they're attempting, I guess, to show that they can police their own platform, even though they drug their heels about, you know, we're not the arbiter of content. So they're doing some stuff there. But this is also Facebook we're talking about. The company recently has also been criticized for an algorithm that uh, seems to actively promote Holocaust denial content on its site. Uh, Even though it says it's taking extreme material down, people were noticing that if you were searching for certain types of pages, it would show you pages that had a lot of Holocaust denial on it. And a research manager at, uh, I believe it was a British counter-extremism group, noted that Facebook's decision to allow Holocaust denial content to remain on its platform is framed under the guise of protecting legitimate historical debate, but this misses the reason why people engaged in Holocaust denial in the first place, end quote. So, so they're um, getting some flack. Uh, I guess this British study uh, had a, a lot of data about how uh, Facebook is not really uh, watching that side of the, the platform, and, and they're asking that maybe, maybe we should take care of this too. So speaking of Facebook, the company has also announced that all users of its Oculus virtual reality hardware will soon have to log in with a Facebook account. As you can imagine, uh, a lot of the VR folks are, are not super big into this. Uh, in fact, there was a lot of outrage. I think they're, you know, Facebook has slowly been adding sort of social features and, and things that are they're trying to make the Oculus world seem a little bit more like Facebook. And people are like, no, we just want to do VR, get all this stuff out of here. The company is, is going to start enforcing this. A lot of the gaming sites had some very pointed editorials about this. Facebook's uh, statement read, existing Oculus users will have the option of merging their Facebook and Oculus accounts. Anyone who doesn't merge will have two years before Oculus accounts are kaput. Uh, The devices will still technically work, but full functionality will require a Facebook account. Not saying a word. Not going to say it. I say it every week. I'm not going to say it this time. Yes. All right. Well, I have one more Facebook story and then we'll move on. And and this isn't even directly Facebook. It's Instagram. But they're now adding the ability to generate QR codes that will be scannable from any supporting third-party camera apps. This means businesses and influencers can uh, print out their Instagram QR codes, uh, have those posted, and then customers can scan that QR code to go right to the account. 
I guess Instagram users in Japan have been using this feature for a year. I don't know if that was a test, so they just knew that that uh, this uh, QR code thing is baked more into the culture over there. So yeah, it's Instagram QR codes rolling out here. Isn't that a Snapchat thing too? Yeah, I, I think a few people. Like, I mean, remember when when QR codes were like all the rage, and then people couldn't figure them out, and they kind of went away, and now they're back. Probably seen more people holding up their cameras to uh, little codes and going places with them. Not me. Yeah, not you. Yes. Uh, now, Google Maps, speaking of going places, they've rolled out a new round of updates, uh, including more detailed cartographic charts that use new color mapping algorithmic techniques. Now, as a company blog post there explains, exploring a place gives you a look of its natural features, so you can easily distinguish tan, arid beaches and deserts from blue lakes, rivers, oceans, and ravines. You can know at a glance how lush and green a place is with vegetation and even see if there are snow caps on the peaks of mountaintops very poetic language, but basically just means they've got super high-res imagery in, in the just even the regular map, so you can tell by the huge amount of color that's in there, much more of the topography of the place. Mm, interesting. Yeah, no, Google Maps has been been stepping it up. They they put in all that COVID stuff uh, when when the pandemic hit, and they have, it, I, I forget, it's only like a 15-year-old product, but the, they have been improving it year by year quite well, in, in my opinion. In, in my opinion as well. All right, uh, moving on. Although TikTok has been under fire for security concerns and uh, a possible sale of its U.S. holdings to Microsoft, the company has just announced uh, its first music distribution partnership. So they're not letting all those government stuff slow them down. Uh, The new deal is with the indie music distributor United Masters. And what it means is that TikTok artists with viral hits can skip going to traditional music labels and distribute their songs directly to other music streaming services like Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, all of those. The artists uh, will retain the rights to the work and United Masters gets a 10% cut off the top for the distribution. And I guess they're also going to help the creators get to know major brands, maybe make some introductions here. Uh, Some of the brands they work with are uh, the NBA, the NFL, and uh, Bose headphones. So uh, they're they're sort of cutting loose and, and making some room for independent artists to get their music out there. In, in other TikTok news, the company says it started a website and Twitter account to address what it calls rumors in real time, adding that we uh, neither support nor stand uh, for the spread of misinformation on or about the platform. I think this is to combat some of the stuff coming out of government sources saying that TikTok is selling everyone's uh, information to China and all of that, uh, all of the stuff that was sort of the motive for for getting it banned in the U.S. to begin with. But TikTok, no, no, our servers are in Virginia and we're not in it. So they're attempting to fight back in that way. But I think the the potential sale to Microsoft, which was supposed to happen in 45 days, would, you know, it's going to have to be next month if it's going to happen. So, so we'll see there. Now, um, any move that surprised no one concerned with privacy The Clearview AI uh, and other facial recognition software have uh, started to be deployed by police departments, and they're using them to belatedly track down and arrest people who allegedly participated in criminal activity during the Black Lives Matter protests earlier this summer. Now, police departments in New York, Philadelphia, Miami, and Columbia, South Carolina, are among those who have reportedly been using the controversial face recognition software to track down and arrest individuals, belatedly. So if somebody was supposedly did something in June, they're going through all of the facial recognition software, making matches, and then busting them now. While a peaceful protest is a constitutionally protected activity, and, and those people are, I'm hoping, being left alone, those who did kind of slip into the protests with the pure motive just to smash things up or steal things or whatever, 
those are the ones that are, uh, I guess, in the in the viewfinder here for the cops. So uh, the facial recognition software is figuring out who they are, and people are going to get arrested. As uh, we have talked on this show before, facial recognition software being used by the government is kind of scary. It also has the privacy violations with some companies, including Clearview AI, accused of scraping photos from social media accounts without permission and using those in their matching databases. And uh, we've also, you know, also discussed on the show, the studies have shown that most facial recognition algorithms in use today are significantly more likely to generate false positives or just flat out misidentification errors uh, when trying to match images featuring people of color. So police departments are using these tools, but are they getting the right people? Flawed tools. Yeah, flawed tools. So, uh, but you know, it's, it's, uh, we, we saw this coming uh, years ago. Bit of good news, though, uh, if you have an Apple TV Plus subscription and want to add to your channel options, you can now get 50% off a bundle of Showtime and CBS All Access, uh, meaning that with that 50% off, it only costs you 10 bucks a month for both. So uh, for those who have not yet subscribed, uh, CBS All Access is basically the home of all the new Star Trek shows and all of the Star Trek shows that have come before, uh, as well as The Good Fight and a few other uh, programs that got a lot of uh, really good critical reviews. So so if you happen to be, you know, you got the new Apple TV, you know, what do I want to get? Do I want to get some more little channel icons on my screen? Uh, if you get Showtime and CBS All Access, you can get them for half price for a, a time here. I watched Lower Decks. Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, that's the animated Star Trek. Now, how do you like that? I've, I've heard mixed reviews on I it. I saw the first episode. It was meh. I'm going to give it a couple of more episodes. Are they are they going for younger viewers here? Because it has a kind of cartoony look. It's an adult show, but not in a, in a like, sexy, like, obnoxious kind of way. You know, like, they're not doing penis jokes and stuff like that. But, but it does have a very strong Orville vibe. Okay. It has a lot of that sensibility. The first season of Orville where it was more jokey and, mm-hmm. and silly. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm hoping they grow out of that. And the theme sounds exactly like Galaxy Quest. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, some inside jokes going there. Yeah, some inside jokes going on there. But anyway, and speaking of Orville, I don't think it's coming back. And I'm really? very impressed. I think it got grounded. Yeah, it got grounded. Wow. So sad. Wow. Well, well, Lower Decks, so that's if you're a, a, a completist in the Star Trek uh, universe, this is another one. So There you go. So uh, moving on, Microsoft is preparing its users for another round of retired software going out of service. Uh, we've been covering Microsoft retiring products, I think, since the whales of Windows XP users when that one finally went home. But the company's Internet Explorer 11 browser will lose Microsoft Teams support this fall. Uh, so that's the beginning of the death knell there. And the desktop version of its legacy Edge browser, which I think was the very first Edge way back when, that's going to stop getting security updates next March. And so once they pull the security updates, once they pull compatibility, I think Internet Explorer 11 is also going to lose compatibility with Office 365. Once they start pulling all of those, you know, legs off the chair, then, you know, you're not going anywhere. So so those two will be uh, retired soon. And finally, and also uh, in the world of Microsoft, the company recently released a new version of its long-honored flight simulator game, oh, which wow. which may be especially appealing uh, to the homebound because you haven't been able to go anywhere. Uh, at least you can fly an imaginary plane. Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 is getting raves for the rich visual detail. There's a new graphics engine in there and the satellite data from uh, the Bing Map app. 
It makes it look very realistic. Plus, I guess you get real-time air traffic information while you're in there, you know, flying around the skies. Microsoft's original version of the game, I think, dates back to 1982, and there may have been some proto versions before that, but when Microsoft got involved, and I guess it was the DOS thing, this is a very old game that Microsoft's had, and I think it's the first new version of Flight Sim uh, in 14 years. So uh, the prices start at about 60 bucks for the standard version, and you can get that on the Microsoft Store or Steam. And if you want to access more planes and more handcrafted airports and other cool stuff, uh, you can level up and buy the $90 deluxe version. Or if you are a real aviation enthusiast, splurge on the $120 premium version. So th- there's a lot out there. I think even the standard version, though, is 127 gigabytes. So uh, be sure to factor in some download time there, especially if you're getting it from Steam. It's beefy. People have been playing it. Like Farhad Manju of the New York Times wrote a whole column about he how he picked up this game and was just like pulled into it. And maybe it's just because a lot of us have not seen anything but the inside of our apartments for five months and just having the any sensation of going somewhere or seeing things in flight or a little bit of kind of what we associate summer with, you know, travel. Uh, but but it's uh, it's got a lot of good buzz. One of the greatest open world games ever. Yeah. Remember when they used to sell like a little pilot chassis that you could sit in and, and do the sim and you're sitting in like yeah. your pilot chair? Yeah. The, the rudders and all that stuff. Yeah. I got to dig out my joystick. It's somewhere in the house. Yeah. You can have a, have a little, you know, fly the friendly skies again. So Yeah. I haven't played that game in 20 years. Wow. Well, it sounds like this is the time to get back into the cockpit here. I think so. So that's been a quick look at uh, some of the recent headlines here. Uh, you can find links to all these stories that we talked about on our show page at optickjam.com. Up next, we're going to talk about uh, what to do with your old hardware when you get new hardware. <laughs> So, Pedro, how is your hardware arsenal? Are you thinking about upgrading any computers, any phones, any tablets? Always. Thinking about it it or going to do it? No, I'm I'm both, actually, because I I never stop. I think about it and I do it. And I got a closet full of old gear, a storage bin full of old gear. Oh, you are you are a dedicated upgrader there. Uh, I've even read that there's been uh, some laptop shortages because people are, are frantically buying them for uh, the remote schooling that I think a lot of places are going to have to do this fall. But anyway, I uh, digress. One of the things when you upgrade, all of a sudden you have two devices. What do you do with the old one? And uh, it, it, yes, you put it in your closet where it becomes part of the Rosado computer archives. For other people who who are not as loving of their tech or not uh, in the need of having immediate backups, or a hoarder, or a, a hoarder. hoarder, or you know, I didn't want to go there, but you know, but but if you do upgrade, uh, there are a number of things you can do with your old device, and and you know, we don't judge if you want to upgrade. That's your, you, you know, you're helping the economy, and you're getting the latest new stuff. Uh, but maybe you've got to upgrade because your current computer can't really deal with your work from home requirements, or you know that you're going to have a student in your household and you want to pass down like your old computer, get something new for you or get some for them, but you, you've got to shift things around or you just want the new stuff, you know, be, let's, let's be honest. We want new stuff too. So uh, when, when you get into that situation where you have an upgrade in hand and you want to, you know, say, okay, my, my old device is going to move on. These are just a few tips for how to properly send it on its way. So uh, no matter if you're giving it to your kid or you're going to donate to charity or whatever, here's some things you can do. So uh, first thing. I know. 
you take it and you dump it in the East River, right? Oh, uh, well, that that is an option. Um, I think the mayor not a preferred option. Yeah, yeah, probably not a preferred option. And um, having seen some of the things coming out of the East River, you know, I'm just kind of picturing this giant mutant android tablet stomping oh, through yeah. the Queens. But yes. um, but uh, if if you are decided that this device is, is going to go on, it's going to have a new owner, no matter who it is. The first thing you got to do is is make sure all your personal information is off because you're going to have to transfer your data in many cases from your old to your new. So start with a backup. Just back up the contents, of whatever this device is, to your external hard drive if it's a computer or a secure cloud server, wherever you back stuff up. And then uh, you have to think about, how, well, how am I going to transfer all of my data? And one of the things that the tech companies have gotten really good at is having documentation for doing that. Apple has great articles on their site for transferring the contents of a Mac or moving an iOS gadget, you know, the contents of that in a couple of ways, you know, through the computer, through downloading from iCloud. And then they've also got a page of tips for if you're going to give these products away, other things you have to be concerned about. We'll have links to all this on our show page. So Apple's got its own set of instructions there outside the Apple ecosystem. gets a little more varied because you've got a lot more manufacturers and software players in the mix here. If you're looking to transfer data from a PC, Laplink makes a whole bunch of different levels. Yes, Laplink PC transfer software. You can get like the premium. and They're still around? They're still around. And they've got programs that do everything that basically just move like your personal settings or your user folder to some that will attempt to move applications. I've always found that a little dodgy, um, Windows to Windows, just because of things in the registry. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but they attempt to, to sling the contents of one old PC uh, over to a new PC. Uh, Google. I remember when they were the only game in town? Definitely, yeah. This was uh, There was like Aloha Bob for a while, and I think that one went away or got bought. If you have an Android phone, you know, we've discussed what Apple does with its stuff. But uh, if you've got uh, whatever flavor of Android, whatever hardware manufacturer, Google support has some basic instructions for moving data to a new Android phone. If you've got one of their Pixel smartphones, uh, they have even more detail because they want to make you happy on your new Pixel phone. And the other phone makers have had their own solution. So hit their websites. I know Samsung's smart switch for its Galaxy products is, is how they walk you through moving if you're, you're upgrading from one Galaxy device to another. So if you are looking to see how to move your data and you're using the same brand of device, just hit up their website and see how they suggest that you transfer it. And then so once you get all your data, you know, packed up and ready, you still got the old device. One thing that people forget to do a lot is deauthorize all of the online subscriptions and things on that old device, like your iTunes, Apple Music. So deauthorize all your old subscriptions for music, movies, software, and cloud services. Make sure if this is a really old computer that you've got the serial numbers or installation programs needed to reinstall applications on your new hardware should you have to do that. A lot of times, you know, and this is going way back, like when they still put disc players in computers, but maybe you bought something on DVD and you got to figure out how to, to get that on with an external drive. I got some floppy disks I still got to yeah, do. Yeah, so, you know, it's because, you the, again, the, the software archives in the Risotto household are mighty oh, well. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. How do you think I'm going to get Flight Simulator? Yeah, so, <laughs> so you just got to go go into the deep into the uh, the archive. 176 floppy disks ready to go. All right, fire them up with your USB, or or do you have a computer that's still got a floppy drive? Because I, I do. Okay, so you I actually do. All right, you are a completist, sir. I am indeed. 
All right. So so you've got to, uh, you know, make sure you just have all your applications that you need. A lot of people will just download uh, the, a new version onto the device and then pull the serial number out of email they got when they bought it. You know, that's another way you can do. But then finally, uh, unpair all your Bluetooth accessories that you also associated with this device that you're getting rid of and log out of your user accounts just to make sure that you're not logged into anything it's not connected to anything. Once it's sort of been severed from from all of your personal accounts, then it's ready to be erased. There you go. Yeah. So uh, if you happen to have an iOS device, there is a uh, thing in the settings. Go to settings to general and then reset. There's an erase all content and settings option there. Again, make sure you have backed up uh, before you do this step because this is a one-way trip. If you're wiping an Android phone, that'll also vary by hardware and software versions. But a lot of times just go to system and then advanced and look around for reset options and then follow that path uh, till you get to factory reset, I believe is what they call it in the Android world. Computers definitely got to wipe those before they leave the house. Uh, as we mentioned, Apple has a good uh, set of documents on their support site that has a whole chapter on erasing a Mac and reinstalling the operating system because that's the other thing is once you erase it, it can't boot unless it's got an operating system on there. So you got to put one back on even though it's plain clean vanilla. PC users uh, have a lot of disk deleting programs over the years, including White Canyon's Wipe Drive Home and Eraser, which has been around forever. But, you know, check with your computer's manufacturer just to see if they've got uh, steps for reinstalling the operating system. A lot of times systems will have come with recovery partitions that will let you just dump another version of the OS on there if you find that you don't have um, a bootable one on your uh, existing partition. Or you can uh, do the thing with an external drive and download and reinstall Windows 10 or Ubuntu Linux or whatever Linux you like. Download that onto an external drive and then, then reinstall from there. Lot, lot, lots of ways to do this, but just see what your PC manufacturer recommends there. So, so once you get it wiped and uh, reinstalled, you've got this blank version of the operating system on there and then it's ready to go. The computer can boot up, but none of your personal life is on there anymore. So, so once you get it prepped, and now it's, you're ready to decide what to do with it. So do I want to pass it down to a member of the family or whoever? So in that case, you have to figure out, well, if it's a cell phone, do I need to get a plan on there? Can I use an eSIM? You know, talk to your wireless carrier and see what the best way is because you know, the eSIMs are a relatively new thing people oh i have to have the little plastic sim cards like no there's actually eSIMs now where you can get a digital uh, sim card for your phone it just depends on what phone model you have can it support this newer technology so just call your carrier find out how they do that with a particular model you've got maybe you don't want the kid to have an actual cell phone but because it's got wi-fi enabled they can use it for internet access or you know basically a study device or something or watch movies on it whatever so, so you've got some some options there. If you are giving it to a kid, don't forget those Apple and Google have parental controls built into the software. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they and do. This is your chance to enable them before the child gets the phone. You better. Well, if you had my kids, you better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that there. So that's if you're going to pass the device down. And if it's a computer, if you give it to somebody else in the family, they'll just set it up, install the programs they need, and make their own user account. You know that that stuff's pretty straightforward. If money's tight, though, so it, so this is one way just to save a little money is just, you know, if you don't need to get your kid a new thing, you can give them your old thing and you get the new thing. If you don't have kids or you just want something that's going to give you a little direct money, uh, you can trade in and up. So swapping your old gadget for credit will help pay for a new one. Uh, several hardware manufacturers actually have trade-in programs. Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Dell, Google, Samsung, 
all have their own trade-in program. So if you have one of their products, hit up the website and see. You can go in there and say, hey, I've got this old Galaxy S9. What can I get for it? And Samsung will tell you how much that is worth if you were going to trade in for like a new Galaxy Note 20 or whatever. So sometimes you can, you know, if it's in good shape, you can get some decent money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if I've, I've, I've actually done that. Yeah, and what was it a fairly seamless? Yeah, very seamless. And you and you save money, right? You do indeed, absolutely do. So that's another way uh, to, to save a little bucks. Uh, Best Buy, if you have a Best Buy near you or you're familiar with them, they've got a trade-in program uh, that will give you gift cards or merchandise discounts if you wanted to take your stuff in there. And then you've got the third-party companies like Buyback World, Gazelle, and it's worth more that will convert your old electronics into cash. And the idea is that they dispose of them responsibly. Yeah, or they, they resell, and if they can't uh, resell it because it's so old, then they will make sure that it does not go in a landfill. If you want to give your old device to charity, because a lot of people are, there's a lot of hurt in the world, and there's a huge digital divide. If you're feeling like, I want to send this old laptop to a school or whatever, you can donate it and even get, in some cases, a tax deduction if you meet all the requirements. So let's look around for a local charity, school, or library that may be accepting hardware donations. They don't want ancient, ancient, ancient stuff. You know, it should be fairly recent and workable. And if you can't find one in your area, there's a, a lot of legitimate organizations like the National Christina Foundation or Cell Phones for Soldiers. If you're not sure who to donate to, the Charity Navigator site has a list of reputable charities. They rank them even. The Federal Trade Commission has information on donating wisely and not getting scammed. But there are many places you can give your stuff. Now, if your old device is dead and there's, you, know, you can't you know, trade it in for anything, you can recycle it. So this is a, sort of the last stop. And recycling lets the companies recover valuable materials and toxic chemicals that may be creeping into a landfill if you just throw it in the trash or a junk drawer or whatever. So, so you want to keep this out of the landfill. You want to help the environment. Um, in fact, some municipalities even have new regulations concerning electronic waste. So check your local government's website first, and you probably get some tips there. The Environmental Protection Agency, what's left of it, also has a list of electronics recycling options, um, and we'll have links there as well. There's some ways you can pass them off, but as you mentioned before, Best Buy accepts all kinds of electronics for responsible recycling. They even have bins up front where you can just go and throw it. You know, if it's an old printer cartridges or whatever. Uh, Staples was also accepting. I think they have suspended their program uh, due to pandemic concerns, but hopefully that will be up and rolling. Those are two options, but a lot of manufacturers also have their own take-back programs that accept products mailed in for recycling. Amazon, Apple, Google, Microsoft, they will take their own stuff back. Apple has been very vocal about its recycling program, even showing off Daisy, its recycling robot that can disassemble 200 iPhone models uh, an hour and, and pull out the materials that can be reused. So they are making steps, and they're also the ones that announced that they're going to try to be you know carbon neutral in 2030, I think, for all their stuff. So... Of all the tech companies, they, they seem to be at least making the biggest go of it at this point. But, uh, but these are just some of the steps that you can do to make sure your old gear goes to a good home, whether it be a, a charity, a child, uh, you're trading it in, or you just know that you don't want it to be rotting in the bowels of the earth, so you, you give it for responsible recycling. So Or rotting in my closet. Yes, or rotting in your closet. But, but you know, again, it's the history in there. It's the archives. It's a museum. It's yeah, a museum. It's a Rosado Computer Museum. So um, I will post a link to a story that has all the information that we talked about here, and you can just link to find out about the Take Back programs or places where you can donate your gear. And that'll be on our show page at poptechjam.com. A lovely site. And that's probably about it for this show. I know we, we've, we've been chatting for a while. 
Yeah, yeah, but that's all right. We got to thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Yes, thank you, bros, as always. And thank you, listeners out there. We hope you are doing well out there in the pansanity. Pansanity. I love that. Wait a minute. I just got a security report. Kaspersky is telling me that I'm protected. Oh, for, from everything? I hope so. Nice job, Kaspersky. All right. So you're feeling secure now. I'm feeling very secure. I'm going to go out without a mask. Oh, By the way, don't think I didn't notice you got a Starfleet mask behind you. Oh, yeah. The, the, it's, it's, uh-huh, it's, uh-huh. I would have to say uh, this is more a mask of a novelty uh, enjoyment. It is not, I would say, a medical mask. Single layer does not fit. No stretchable I didn't realize it was probably going to be a, an inferior thing, but I saw the pretty Star Trek Delta and had to have it. So, so there it is. But yeah, if, if you're going out, the triple layer, I like the space mask. I don't know if you've seen yeah, the space no, mask. Uh, yeah, space mask. Absolutely. I've got a whole collection of masks. I don't know how good they are, but you know, I don't care. I'm just wearing them. I grab whatever mask is there. But good thing that's not red. You don't want a red yeah, mask. Definitely not in this. this uh, no, not a start. A red Star Trek mask, not a good idea. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Uh, so thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you, everyone. <laughs> we hope you have a safe and sane week, uh, however your life is going out there. And before you know it, we'll probably be back with more tech news and some nanakins, and someone will be watching some TV and have some things to say about it. <laughs> yeah. So until yes. then, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Stay safe. Stay safe. That's my new thing, TV watching. I love this. Yes. Just watch TV and gas on about it. That's not bad. And where am I? That's a good gig. I wish I could get paid for you this. You be a TV critic. <laughs> wear a mask. Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs>